Welcome to Transmissions Alt Mode, where we talk about comics with the Terminator and... On this special Alt Mode episode, Daryl, Epic, and Jeremy welcome back Transformers artist Alex Milne. We talk about his work on the recently completed Transformers vs. the Terminator, his changing art style in the book, as well as some of the character redesigns he did. Enjoy! Welcome to a special Transmissions Alt Mode. We are going to talk, I don't know how long, but we're going to talk with Alex Milne here about some awesome Transformers stuff, his work in the fandom and on official Transformers comic books for like ever. He's been doing it for a long time and he is like one of the best ones out there. So uh let's let's get right into it i'm joined by jeremy hi jeremy hi daryl how you doing i'm good i'm good you doing okay yeah i'm good great and we've got epic with us epic hello hello how are you doing pretty good hanging in there fantastic well we've got alex with us alex it's it's good to see you buddy how are you yeah i can't complain you know (laughs) I, I, I could, but I won't. <laughs> you know. Well, it's it's good to hear from you. We 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 know you uh, you had a bit of a a heart thing earlier on this year, but well, uh, actually the end of last year. Well, it's coming up on a one year anniversary. It was prelude to what twenty twenty had for everybody. Wow. Yeah. Giant shit show. Well, it's it's good to see that you are uh, you're still with us. I am. I'm very happy to see that and uh i want to tell you to your face and make it recorded here that uh i absolutely love the fact that you were still drawing while you were in the hospital i think that is just the biggest power move i've ever seen <laughs> so i love it uh, it was uh, out of necessity also you know keep me keep me going while weird stuff was happening doctors uh couldn't believe it. They're like, why are you working? I'll be like, why not? <laughs> you know. What else are you going to do? Yeah. <laughs> what else am I going to do? There was no TV in the room. I'm just lying there all the time. Might not be productive. Right on. So what we're, what we're wanted, wanted to do today is we wanted to, to kind of talk to you about uh, the series that just wrapped up that you were working on Transformers versus the Terminator. And, uh, and then we wanted to also do some kind of questions. We, uh, we, we asked the, uh, the listening audience to, to send in some questions for you that, uh, you know, uh, we can get some, some nice fresh off the, uh, the, the, the Alex answers and, uh, and, and we'll touch those later, but we wanted to get right into the, uh, the, the series that just wrapped uh how was it working with uh with dark horse and uh and, and their tr- terminator property um that that's an interesting question because really i didn't have any interaction with dark horse it was all through idw um i think the only thing that was a little different was the approvals for pages and all that so you'd have to send them into IDW who would 
send them along to Hasbro and Dark Horse. And then Dark Horse would have to send them along to whoever owns the Terminator property. I can't think of it off the top of my head at the moment. And then you just wait for feedback. So sometimes it could delay pages a while, but most of the time people were pretty on top of stuff. And once it got around to like the second or third issue, then they're like, okay, you're reliable. Just go for it. (laughs) So were there any instances where things kind of, you know, they came back with notes on you? Yes. Oh my. (laughs) Nobody gives Alex Mill notes. Don't they know who they're talking to? Well, like I, I don't mind. I don't mind notes in the design pencil process, but I do. I do sort of mind them when the pages are finished, because <laughs> then that's not only extra work for me; it's extra work for the colors too. Sure. So, and I don't want to burden them with extra work since they've already been burdened enough with the line art that I send them. Does that ever happen that often? Getting notes after you've already done the lines and like coloring? Yeah, because. Some sometimes uh, people forget that some artists work traditionally still, not all on the computer. So you can't just do a simple or a simple fix. It's like I have to redraw, make a patch, send the file again. That's crazy. Uh, the colorist has to put that in. Yeah. Hmm. Um, the biggest one that I have to say is the edit. That I got for Bumblebee in hmm. issue three because that's when his alt mode shows up. Oh yes, okay, perfectly fine. VW G1 looking bug in the beginning, and then right when the issue's finished, they're like, "Oh, Hasbro came back and said that we have to change their alt mode because the license is expiring on the VW, and we can't have it looking like that." But I'm like, "Wait, you have a new toy coming out? That's..." A VW. <laughs> and they're like, change it, change it. And I was like, I was like mad, but I did it because I'm like, I'm a professional. I'll do it, but I won't. Doesn't mean I won't get mad about it because I don't understand that since they have a toy actually coming out. But what? It's not my problem. It's like they want it. That's fine with me. So every every panel that is alt mode showed up. I had to alter the the front grill section, uh, part of the fenders and some of the lights. Hmm. Oh, and the, uh, they wanted the mirrors changed too. Oh, right. The Volkswagen has very iconic mirrors. I, I'd say the way I drew them in the book, they didn't look very iconic. They just looked like random mirrors on there. Um, just, I feel that the iconic part is the hood of the car. Yes. And those lights. But the the weirdest thing is they they only wanted the alt mode change, so the robot mode is all the same. Oh. So, so when issue four came around in the one panel where we see uh, Bumblebee transformed to race to Sarah Connor's rescue or whatever, too low, too late, um, I made sure that it was just a, a mid-transformation shot where you couldn't see the hood of the car. Mm for his feet and then the rest is just the way I had been drawing him in the rest of the book so I was like oh, I'm not, not doing any edits on this one but I also <laughs> didn't really want to draw a non-VW bug on the original line art so mm-hmm. 
if I if I had to, I would have just drawn it and then made a patch when I sent the artwork in because I I want my original artwork to have the VW bug. Now, uh, tell us a little bit about the uh, the selection for RC and Velocity's alt modes. You uh, they obviously were not characters in eighty four. RC right. didn't show up till the movie. Um, and Velocity is a, a very new character. So you chose to put these characters in the story in being in 84, but they needed alt modes. So where did you come up with these? Well, uh, first, I um, I asked the editors, was there anything in particular that they were thinking about? To which I got a response, we didn't even think about that. <laughs> okay. okay, no problem. Free reign uh, for you, buddy. So I just picked two cars that visually looked appealing to me. One one of them was the uh, 77 Pontiac Firebird because I'm a huge Smokey and the Bandit fan. And I really wanted to draw the Bandit's <laughs> car in the book. So and I thought, well, you know, that would be good for velocity because it's a fast-looking car, but it's like... It was at a point in time when um, muscle cars and that was not not the greatest because of fuel restrictions and stuff mm-hmm. going on. And then um, with the the Mustang, I chose an '83 Mustang, but uh, I was searching through the the net for pictures of it, and I came across one that was a police interceptor from I think it was Australia or somewhere else, like some non-american like north american country had a police interceptor which was an 83 ford mustang so it had like uh a more unique front hood on it and some of the uh the molding around the edge was a little bit more unique and then i just swapped out the the back windshield for one of the ones that had that weird vented yeah yeah so i just combined the two to create rc and then I sent those designs to IDW. They love them. They send those along to Hasbro. Then I get feedback being like, uh, can you change the lights here and do all this stuff so it doesn't look like a Ford Must- this Ford Mustang and this Pontiac? And I was like, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but Pontiac doesn't exist anymore, so I don't see a <laughs> copyright issue. I even go on to GM's site to see what like properties are still under their copyright and Pontiac isn't one of them. They they got rid of that line a long time ago. And I'm like, can you still they, copyright a design? Well, they might from still have the IP the like like Hot Wheels. And, Maybe. You know, other toys. But still, like I don't see them making these cars anymore. These are one of them's over forty years old, so mm-hmm. but they're like, just change this. And that's what I did. And those are the versions you get in the book. But I really oh, you can I, tell what they are. I was the only thing that disappointed me is um RC's headlights. I really did want the the two square headlights in the headlight section. But they're like, just make it all one headlight, and I'm like, oh all right, fine. <laughs> well, those two designs, RC in particular, just seem to speak to a lot of people. And I know that uh 
there were a couple of 3D modelers out there and stuff like that that seemed to be taking your designs and really going to town with them and uh, and trying to see, like, does it transform and could it transform? And it looks like it does, dude. Like, you got a real kind of mind that can figure that shit out. And um, has that always been the case? Like, you always kind of seem to be able to separate that stuff out and, and see how things kind of fit together? I, I can. Um, I don't do it all the time um, because in comic books, you're able to stretch reality a bit. Um, for this one, I did want most of the designs to be kind of fitting in with other G1 characters. So you can share some body types. So in case Hasbro did want to make a toy of it, I made it more appealing to make a toy of it by basing it on like some of the other characters that are around, just changing a few things to give them the look that they have. But you could make probably out of a prowl combined with jazz, the RC one. Cool. What, what was it like to, uh, to draw the, uh, the other aspects of the book, the terminators? That, that was uh, very difficult. I found them to be much more challenging than drawing a transformer. Um, finding the reference, like good reference for them is hard to, because you can get pictures that are, accurate of the figure but they're have dramatic lighting set up on them so it doesn't allow you to see all the key details in certain areas so i had to hunt down 20 to 30 different pieces of reference for them to uh try and like combine them to form the terminator from 84 because there are differences in that model compared to ones that show up in the later movies. So now that's just the, uh, the hunter killers, but you, uh, or the T eight hundreds or whatever, yeah, but T-800. you made the hunter killers, you designed those and you made these big badass guys that are t- transformer sized. And those are your own designs as well, right? Yeah. The, the T 8,000. Right. How um, was it coming up with those designs? Well, with the uh, the Hunter Killer Seekers, I basically looked at uh, the design of the alt mode, and I, I embellished in a certain, like, in a few areas around, like, I the uh, ones from the original '84 movie and Judgment Day. Uh, their back tail fins are more. I'd say straight looking, whereas I made them a little bit more angled back, like you would find in Terminator Salvation. Mm -hmm. Only because I felt it fit the seeker dynamic a little bit more, and uh, I could angle them a certain way in the the robot mode. Mm -hmm. But it's basically, um, I had to dissect where I wanted certain components. Um, I knew, like, the primary weapon in the alt mode I wanted it to be a dual cannon because then that would translate into the arm cannons on the Seekers. Um, to get the wing look, I I did like what uh, movie Transformers do, and I, I segmented armored plates all along the engine intakes. Mm-hmm. And then that created the wing shape that I wanted. Because I, I did want to maintain a somewhat classic Seeker silhouette, but different enough because they're not they wouldn't be uh 
the F-14s or F-18s. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they uh, they oh, wait, looked fantastic. There are F-15s right. in the original. Yeah, F-15s, the Eagles, yeah. yeah. You can there's call so them whatever many, you want, man. so many F-planes out there. Yeah. <laughs> I was called out on that last week, making the same mistake. Yeah. I'm like, what? whatever. It's a plane. Who cares? <laughs> Military people be like, I care. Yeah. I'm like, it's I'm not sorry. Just the F-15. I'm... It's it's this specific model, the F-15. It's like, I, it's like, it's okay. As long as I got the the look of it right in the drawing, who cares how I pronounce it? <laughs> the plane. It's a plane. Now you touched upon it earlier that uh, that you still draw traditionally. Yes. Pencil and paper, and and then you sometimes, most of the time, you'll ink your own work and then you'll send it off. Um, where a lot of the majority of the new artists coming in are are digital and they're using all the fancy stuff, the Cintiqs, the Microsoft Surfaces, all those fancy toys that all the new people get. Um, from, why, from what I understand is, is you don't have one of those and, and, and you're still going to continue using the traditional methods. Uh, is, is it just because that's just the way you want to keep drawing? Is, or is it just because the new methods just look you know, are not for you. Um, what's the difference bet- for you between the, the traditional and the new, the new methods? Uh, the biggest one for me is eye strain. I don't get eye strain working traditionally. Like you, you can get eye strain if you are working too close to the page for a long period of time, but like my eyes aren't going to be sore after I've been staring at a monitor or a screen for so long. Um, same thing why I still read traditional comic books instead of digital ones. I can't stare at a screen for an overly long amount of time without it giving me like major headaches. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I just, I like doing things traditionally. I can do the majority of things that people can do on the computer with a traditional method too. So I don't see the point. It doesn't make me any faster doing it on the computer. So cool. it ain't broke. Why fix it, right? Well, did you I try also, did you try ahead. like doing digital and like find that you just don't like it? I like it fine. Because of that? Or I just in, in the end um comes down to uh if people want original artwork to buy also. You okay. don't have any if you're doing digital. You can make a print of it, but you can keep making a print of it as right. much as you want. There will never be a one original. There'll be a file, but then if you lose that file, that's gone forever. So, For sure. True. Uh, well, let's, uh, let's dive into a couple of those questions that we got from our, our listeners here. Um, unless anybody else had some questions about Transformers versus Terminator. All right. They're like, I didn't really read it. <laughs> oh, no. All right. So our first question comes from uh, one of our Donatrions. This is uh, Dynamot Maximize, who, uh, who wants to know about your time at Dreamwave. And uh, he he wants to know, essentially, I'm going to break it down. He, he wrote quite a bit here saying, uh, he wants to know if uh, if you wished you could finish some of the stuff that didn't get finished. If you have any regrets about working there. Uh, and uh, any stories that uh, wish that you could continue? 
Um, I'll answer the second part first. I have no regrets working there. Um, that's how I got my start. So got me noticed drawing Transformers, drawing them horribly. Now, if you look back at it, I'm like, ooh, that was some bad art there. Some, there's some stuff that I'm like, oh, yeah, that's still interesting. Um, my first Energon cover, I'm still kind of happy with that. But it's a learning process, right? Um, yeah. Stuff I'd like, I, I wouldn't have minded finishing Energon. Like, it was going to be finished in issue 36. So I wouldn't have minded. I got all the way up to issue 33. So. It's pretty close. It's close. Three more books and it would have been done. The ideas for the covers I particularly enjoyed, so I wouldn't have minded finishing up those. But um, I don't know. I guess like any of the stories that would be interesting to work on. I would have liked to have had a, a shot at drawing the G1 book. I think everybody did. They wanted to draw the main G1 book at one point. That was the pinnacle of Transformers mm-hmm. or in the comics at that time. But you had Dawn doing it. And then when Dawn move, was going to move over to Beast Wars, um, Guido was going to take his place. So, Right on. Our next question is from Twitter. It comes from Robin Hunt. And he asks, uh, what's your favorite scavenger? He's dead. <laughs> <laughs> He died in issue eight. Oh. Said. All right. I like flywheels. Right on. Um, but he died. So let's not talk about it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Our next question is from Andrew Schatz, who goes on to say, outside of Transformers and killer robots from the future, uh, what's your favorite subject matter to draw? Starships. All I right. like Star Trek. So I like drawing, I guess anything sci-fi, like I'll draw aliens, predator, whatever. Comics. If, it doesn't, it doesn't really matter. Like I, I, I do enjoy drawing just about anything. It, so. If there was a, a, um, a chance to do like an aliens, uh, transformers crossover, would you pitch on that? Yeah, I was actually thinking about that. I'd be like, well, how would that uh, work? They seem to like, cross over aliens with every franchise. They do, but like, how would you do? I guess you'd have to have like an alien race or a human colony get infected. So you'd have an, the aliens overrun them because how would you uh, do the alien life cycle with a Cybertronian? Mm. But. It's. For writers better than me to figure out. Yeah. <laughs> Why? Why? Make it. Make it happen. All right. All right. Yeah. No, he's going to be oh. too busy cleaning that corner of his room. Oh. After you're done cleaning that corner, pull a Yoshi and just write it. Just do it. <laughs> all right. Our next question is from Stupid Monkey. And they go on to say, um, Ask him if uh, he can. You, what is it? Do you ask if you can come up with the amazing new designs for characters, or just do it and hope the editors don't say anything? Bit of bit of column A, bit of column B. <laughs> uh, 
with with Transformers versus Terminator, I wanted a grittier look for the entire book. So I'm like, ah. the original aesthetic from G1's like cartoon wasn't going to cut it for me. Um, so I just I created a little bit more of a de- detailed G1 style. And I just went with it. <laughs> All right. I, I didn't have them say it. All I heard was like, looks good. Um, for the designs for RC and Velocity, I came up with them and then I sent them in and then I waited to hear feedback on them. So there's where I did them up and I waited to see if I had to change anything, which I did. So right on. at least, at least I didn't have to change it on the page. So. Let's, let's pause on, on this question for a second, because you, uh, you mentioned your drawing style and that has recently changed a little bit. You've, you've changed it and you're doing a lot more cross hatching than what you did before. And this is an update to your, your, your style. And, and I honestly, I love it. It's a lot more detail work and you're doing a lot more of your, your own shading, right? Um, is this just something that you wanted to do just because you felt you wanted to change it up a bit, or is this something that you felt like your, your, your drawing style needed? Um, as an artist, you're not going to get better if you don't push yourself at all. So I constantly keep pushing myself to do things differently. It might be a hit, might be a miss. I don't know, but I'll never get better unless I try. So I try not to get stuck in patterns of like, repetition or just like complacency i always want to strive to do better to do different and right now i'm more like on a traditional comic book fix like i'm enjoying books from the 80s and 90s and early 2000s so and -hmm. going back even to like 70s and 60s so i'm trying to incorporate more of that into my own work because you learn you learn a lot from looking back at what's come before so Mm-hmm. It's true. Uh, our next question is uh, a two-parter from Ransom Fern on Twitter. And uh, I'm actually going to start off with the second part of this because you just touched on it. Um, and that is, uh, I, I see a lot of influences of your style in other people's work. Um, do you notice it? And how do you feel if you do? Yeah, I notice it. It, it doesn't bother me. Like people have to learn somehow, right? Sure. And imitation is a way that you learn. It's eventually you start to develop a style afterwards, right? So you'll you'll find an artist that you like a lot and you'll mm-hmm. start to try and emulate what they do. Then you'll find another artist and you want to incorporate some of their work into the mm-hmm. work that you're doing. And then all of a sudden you've just you started to just take bits and pieces and you start to mesh them together. And then that starts creating your own style. So mm-hmm. it's a natural, it's a natural course for people to do that. Well, let's, uh, let's expand on that. Who are your influences? Uh, well, like, uh, when I was coming up, like from high school and all that, like J Scott Campbell was a big influence on me. I love his artwork. And then like Herberto Ramos, Jim Lee, Joe Matarera, um, Mark Silvestri, uh, Michael Turner, the late mm-hmm. Michael Turner. Um, and now nowadays, um, 
Mark Silvestri again because he he has now done some amazing work with his like expanding his own style that has gotten me excited about doing more cross hatching. So I was like, oh, I want to. That's that's cool. I want like he's putting the extra effort in. I'm like, why can't? Why shouldn't I? Right? Sure. Um, Sean Gordon Murphy. There, there's too many artists to uh, to list. They're they're all behind me. <laughs> you just turn around and start naming them off, right? I, 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 could, I could, I could just turn around and start naming them off. Greg Capullo, David Finch, so many. Now, with a, uh, as you attend cons when cons existed, um, you would have the opportunity to chat with some of these people. I assume. Would you ever tell them that you influence them? Would you ever be that guy? Um, sure. Why not? Like, I, I know I told Cam, J. Scott Campbell one year that he was the reason I got into comics. And like, thank you for inspiring me to reach for my dreams. So, oh, I, don't see, I, I don't, I don't see like a problem in like telling people that. It, it's it. I do understand if he felt really awkward because it's awkward when people tell me that because I'm like. <laughs> Uh, why why did i inspire you because i don't feel inspirational i'm sure there are other people who are more inspiring when they talk to you you're like Me, well, I, I just look i look really grumpy at convention yeah. <laughs> probably because i'm running on like three or four hours of sleep well your work is inspirational they just gotta meet you then they'll know that they're you're not you're not yeah, yeah, I, yeah like i can mention i'm i'm not the person that you want to like that you're going to chit chat with. I was just like, I nod and everything. I'm like, cause I'm half asleep and everything. But uh, if you commission me or like, well, uh, look at my work and thing, like I put all of the, the feeling in that into the work. So I'll be like, I care. I care. I put myself through a lot for the fans because I feel that they deserve the best out of me. Mm-hmm. However, um, I don't think I can translate that into verbal communication because I'm very poor at that. So I'll, well, let, as the, someone, I'll let the artwork talk for me. As someone who has been at a number of conventions that you have been attending and seen the, the lineup that just grows behind the table that you sit at, uh, I know that, that you are very well respected and uh, you do have a number of admirers of your work so you're doing a good job buddy um ransom fern's first question uh, is uh he wants to know the that you wrote briefly about your uh, an idea you had for nautica's arc in lost light um they would love to hear you talk more about it and how you feel about what actually happened in lost light with nautica's arc um, I don't know. I, should, should I should I divulge that information? I don't care. Go right ahead, like, man. No, no. It's only because like, um, going by uh, a tweet that Nick Roach put out recently, it's oh. um, you never know when these ideas you can come back to. And oh, sure, yeah, that's true. Yeah, I mean, there um, could be like an alternate not- universe lost light show up, and yeah. So you it's never a good idea. You never fully know. Um, but yeah, I, I don't mind. I don't like with Nautica being the way she is now in current continuity. 
Um, I think the only way that I'd get this idea is just by doing my own little comic, you know, maybe in a sketchbook or something. I might actually end up doing that next year just because some of the ideas, I just want to get them out there. Um, I had an idea because at one point I was having a very difficult time dealing with the grief of the loss of one of my cats because she died very suddenly after surgery. Okay. So, um, I thought of a story about dealing with grief and how eventually, um, like that started to drive her crazy with the loss of skids because she didn't realize how much like the connection that they made with each other because he was a theoretician and like she, I forget exactly what her title was. I know that she consumed a lot of knowledge in that. Excuse me. It's been a while. My head's being full of more knowledge and I had to chuck some of it. Uh, anyways, uh, it would just get to a point where um, this is where it had to change because Roberts um, decided that Rung wasn't going to do the therapist stuff anymore. Um, we'd have to have a big talk with her to try and bring her down from like this self-destructive attitude because she wasn't taking care of herself, wasn't like recharging or anything like that. Her She was like starting to fall apart, it seems, because she never came from a place that dealt with the loss of somebody through war or anything like that. So she didn't know how to deal with this grief. And she would just, there would be this whole scene where she was in his office and he finally like cracked her to open up and she just spilled out everything. And you had the the rest of the crew in the hallway listening to all this. And these are, these are characters that have been desensitized already from losing so many people to the war and everything. So they're, they deal with it differently, but you'd have like little flashback scenes and everything of how they, their interactions with skids or somebody else that they cared about that they, they lost. And like, it would just be like this look of like what the entire crew have lost over the years that they're just now desensitized to. And in the end, it's just like all the people there would like help her recover. And then in the end, she basically um, changes her color scheme to reflect um, skids its color. It's a bit more like I want her to be blue and orange for the, like the nautical theme because her name's Nautica. And sometimes I like purple and yellow. I'm like, that's an interesting color, but I don't know if it fits for her name, but that's that was just me and in the end it's like just a picture like basically she's like i'll never forget and she walks out of the room and it's like a picture it would end like on a picture of her and skids together and she's just like remembering like a close friend that she lost but now she's finally figured out how to deal with that kind of grief as being able to move on so that was like briefly what i wanted to talk about but hmm. it did not that's go that way so instead we got her erasing her memories of him so that's like oh okay it's a wonderful story and on how to how you wanted to honor the memory of a, of a beloved pet though yeah so i'd still like to see that at some point maybe maybe i will i don't know 
depends on the free time I have. I have endless free time at the moment. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We got one more, and this one is from Tim uh, from Twitter. And Tim goes on to ask, how do you develop your Transformer character concepts? Yours are really strong and distinctive. Um, That's a good question. Uh, Sometimes they're good, sometimes they're not good. Uh, I guess I'll think of the the name of the character and then um, I'll come up with a head design and then I come up with the alt mode first and then I come up with the robot mode after. Um, the one character that means another, a lot to me that I helped create even was uh, Star Drive from ROM versus Transformers where I came up with the name and everything for her. And I know at the time, Christos Gage and John Barber were going back and forth on what her alt mode was. And I asked, I asked them, I was like, um, are triple changers like super rare in our continuity or could she be a triple changer so that you could have both car and jet. So it's like neither writer would have to give up anything there. <laughs> they, they get both what they want. And Star Drive was uh, a name that they chose. They really liked it. And I'm like, I'm glad you really liked that because it's from Star Trek. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's the name of the the section of the Enterprise D after it separates from the saucer. You have the Star Drive section. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, yeah, good. Thank, thank you for adding in my little trekkiness there. So, so uh, to expand on on. Tim's question is there a character design that just you know you had to do for a book but just didn't work um, you can kind of think of hmm. you've done a lot I've or done maybe a lot. one that you wish that you'd had a little bit more time with the tweak I, the ones that, uh, like the one that sticks out in my mind, but I'm happy with how he looks and everything, but it's just, he's a huge pain in the butt to draw and to figure, figuring out his alt mode was, or how to transform him from the alt mode into the robot mode was horrendous was Voss mm-hmm. because James wanted a sniper rifle for him. And I was like, Hey, what? I, I merely mentioned, like, wouldn't it be cool if Voss was a sniper rifle that Megatron was holding in that uh, flashback scene in issue three? And he's like, oh, that's great. Do that. <laughs> and I was like, like oh, oh that? <laughs> idiot. Because I had this complicated sniper rifle. I'm like, that I now had to turn into a robot. And I was like, oh, I'm a fool. <laughs> So, what about one that just came incredibly simple? You're just like, this is just, I'm on fire. Like, it's done. (laughs) I I don't know if anyone has been that simple because there, there needs to be some thought to it. Otherwise, if this comes that simple, you are big you might be repeating something that you've already done. Um, which I probably have a few times. 
Um, I guess um, it's a toss-up between Star Drive and Tarn. Those two, they were easier to design than some of the others that I've come up with. Okay. Well, that's all my questions. Does anybody else have any other questions while we're still sitting here? Uh, mine would have been about, it's pretty much the last few ones you asked. I was just curious what like your favorite character or anything like that was, but that was just covered. Cool. Well, like, uh, like my, my favorite characters always change, but yeah. like I'm, all, I'm always most fond of ones that I got to create the look of. Mm-hmm. I think, um, I do have like the, the flame toys Tarn sitting above my desk, watching down on me. Nice. So that he's like one of my favorites. Um, yeah. Uh, RC, I helped introduce her into IDW. So she always has a soft spot for me. So getting to do her design and her introduction into the Transformers versus Terminator book was very fulfilling. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Any, any of the, um, the female characters that I created for Morning CI that basically hardly ever got used. I was happy <laughs> with how they came out because I put a lot of thought had to into be them. You won. Uh, no, like, my characters hardly used. Eh, I guess you, um, you drew the first <laughs> appearance of Windblade as well, didn't you? No, no, that was James Reyes. That would have been in Dark Cybertron. Yeah, you did the cover for that, though, didn't you? That's it's not the same. Twenty six. We've that, discussed it. You did the cover for that. I did do the cover for that. I don't know if that's her first appearance. Oh, it is. Like um, <laughs> first appearance would be the interior, right? Yeah, but that's in the book, though. I think, isn't it? I think it is. Yeah, and... I'd have to look it up, Jeremy. <laughs> look it up. <laughs> um that's that character i mean i think as far as history records the transformers uh stuff i think i recall uh casey was asked to do a a sketch for what wind windblade was going to look like but um but i think you brought her into the continuity well there, there was a design sketch given to us by Hasbro being like, this is the character here. And it's like, okay, fine. That's what we worked off of. Um, then other artists had different interpretations of that. Mm. So it kept changing. It kept changing all the time. Mm-hmm. They were not fully satisfied with it. So I don't know what her original design ended up being from what they originally sent us just so mm. I know that there's differences. There'll be, cause then you'll get like, why does she have like a, the, the boob chest as what on this book, but in this one, she has the chest plate. It's like, Oh, well, at that time, this was a, the reference that Hasbro sent us. And at that time, that was, that was the reference that Hasbro was using. So how, how are you going to, you know, do they always send references? Uh, for that character, yeah. Because that was the fan-made character at the time. Oh, okay. Yeah, they were pushing Windblade 
hard at the time. Yeah. And near, near the end, near the end with like Optimus Prime, uh, the Optimus Prime comic book, you would get a lot of the, they had like a, a design guide for a lot of the characters. Mm-hmm. Even ones that didn't show up because they would have been on Lost Light. So if they had come back to Earth or anything, then you'd have to draw them like in the design guide. Okay. And then like, is that flexible at all? Or do you got to like match it pretty close? Like if... Uh, the, everything is flexible in a way. Because mm-hmm. um, each artist you, has their own style. So yeah, everybody has their own style. As long as you hit the key design elements... Okay. On the reference, then you're good. That's cool. Because everybody draws Optimus Prime's head differently, right? <laughs> yeah. Sometimes he has like more silver, like on his chest, and sometimes he he doesn't. Yeah. He's got the super long antenna. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, as we wrap up this interview, Alex, uh, are you, what are you know you working on anything now? Anything hush hush? we shouldn't be knowing about I'm, I'm <laughs> just, just doing nice. commissions at the moment because uh, I recently opened up commissions to people all over the world oh, probably, boy. probably a mistake but you know there are no conventions so and now I have all my work commitments have been fulfilled so until anything new pops up um I recently wrapped up my cover for Transformers Escape issue one, and I did a cover for the upcoming Beast Wars book. That's about it. It's pretty that, neat. There, there you go. There's a hush hush thing. But oh. I I haven't told you what issue it is, and I haven't said what I did on it or anything. I just said that I got to do a cover. So there you go. <laughs> There's your groundbreaking info. Oh, it's exclusive. They would have asked you to do a cover. Yeah, I gotta say, I, I, I made I, I made a stink in the last episode that we recorded that you didn't do more covers for the Terminator book. I, I, I was pissed. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're not the only one. <laughs> like, when I was originally doing that, I was like, I was ready after I had finished my first issue cover, I was like, all right, I'm ready to do the other ones. And they're like, oh, we, we only have enough covers for you for one issue. And I was like, okay. It's like we had so many people that we had to give covers to that we only have one for you. I'm like, okay, okay, fine. So the A covers were all done by one artist. The retailer incentives were all done by one artist. And then the B cover is the one that you gave out to other people. And I'm like, well, why didn't you switch up the A covers also and the retailer incentive one so they all be different? Then I would agree very much that all your covers had a lot of people attached to them. But how do covers get like the artists get picked for that? Is there like a sort of bidding you do to like be like if you make if you decide to do the storyline, I want to do a cover like how? Did they have all these artists lined up or whatever? It's editor's choice, really. Oh, okay. Um, typically, the way it was is if you do the interior of the book, you get to do a cover also. Makes um, sense. Unless you are filling in for an artist on a book because mm-hmm. the covers should be done 
three or four months ahead of time. So if you're a fill-in artist, you don't get to do a cover. You're just doing interior artwork. But if you're the artist for the project, usually the way it has gone is the artist on the book gets to do a cover for each issue. That's slowly changing now mm. because they have too many artists, maybe. Oh. So then it's, like you said, then the editor just gets to choose. if. Yeah. Okay. It's cutthroat. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I want to thank you for coming on and uh, and chatting with us about uh, Transformers versus uh, the Terminator and uh, and taking some questions from our, our audience and uh, letting them know uh, how the things go behind the curtain of uh, making comics. My pleasure. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I guess I don't know how we wrap these things up. I don't do uh, alt mode specials very much. Jeremy, <laughs> take, just wrap it up for us. This is it. We're done. Right. Yeah, well, good. Thanks. You can find all the all of our other shows at transmissionspodcast.com. And um, yeah, just thanks for listening. And we will talk to you guys later. Bye. Bye. <laughs> hey, everyone. Thanks for listening to this episode of Transmissions. But just because this episode is over doesn't mean the Transformers fun has to stop. Join us and other Transformers fans on our Discord chat server by visiting transmissionspodcast.com slash Discord. If you would like to learn more about how you could support the Transmissions Podcast, just visit transmissionspodcast.com slash support. Thank you all for listening, and we'll see you again next week.